Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trumbull, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing well. Good. A little sleepy, but good. Yeah. I've spent, like, the last two days with, like, small children. And you don't realize how exhausting kids are until you're spending, like, a good amount of time with them. And then you're just like, I need a nap, too. Like, not just you. I need a nap, too. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, a horrible week weekend for movies if you're trying to go to the cinema because pretty much your major choice is Morbius. And I made the joke, most people probably are more getting get more entertained just like pulling a chair up to the wall and just staring at the wall. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we can talk about some classic movies because you know what? The classics are where it's at this week. Uh, Absolutely. You know, we've... we've we cover a good amount of different types of movies, but it's always nice to just circle back around and talk about movies that you know are just reliably great movies. Um, and I have a feeling like there's not going to be too minute, too much like slander against either of these movies, but um, no, we're going to be talking about American Werewolf in London. This is a redux. I should mention we did talk about, it was like one of the first episodes we did with the old crew, but I think a lot of people have said that they didn't find the, discussion that interesting then i was like well i think we can we can do better we can we can do better in talking about american werewolf in london a movie that i think is in my route mount rushmore of horror movies like uh, i don't know if it's ever going to be my favorite horror movie of all time but it's it's one i rewatch regularly and it's one that i love quite a bit so yeah it's a really special film like <laughs> It, it really, really is. Um, I was saying off air that uh, like this one is is pure cinema at its heart. Yeah. Um, and, and Landis pulls it off. And watching it this time and, you know, plug, I watched it on my Arrow Video 4K edition, Ooh. which was very cool to break out. Um, I really like David Naughton this time around. There's there's something about David that I I really kind of dig in this one. I mean Griffin Dune's amazing. I I love I love the character of Jack. I love the 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 rapid decay of his mm. appearances and everything. I think is so great. But Landis um, is able to kind of mix together the comedy, the horror, the gothic um, de- depression of this film. Um, and, and mix it all together in such a brilliant way um, that, yeah, there's a reason why this movie is constantly in conversations uh, about horror, about monster horror. And, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that transformation. I, it's really cool that we're talking about both these films because they're very heavily into the transformation of things. But uh, the transformation, the job that Rick Baker does and the job that John Landis does shooting it um, is just, yeah, it's absolute cinema to a, to a T, like like chef's kiss, all that stuff. 
Mm, such a great soundtrack too yes yeah. oh <laughs> to have bad moon rising as the song i i also <laughs> love that uh not in a screaming help me and stuff like mm-hmm. I, I there's just something so fascinating about that that transformation scene i love it it's so great it's uh almost all the songs in the soundtrack too are werewolf themed or dog themed or something along mm-hmm. those lines mm-hmm. so if you're really paying attention to the soundtrack like it all plays into that common motif and theme, which I think is interesting because if you don't think about it, you don't even need to. It's just like cool songs on a soundtrack. But when you start looking at all the songs, you're like, I see a very like canine theme here. So yeah, <laughs> well, werewolf horror movies in general tend to do that, and I'm here for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let it be known that John Landis makes great werewolf films and shitty kids. <laughs> yeah, and Max has. Thank goodness he's been canceled because he was threatening for the longest time to remake this movie. Yeah. And I think it's not going to happen now. Thank God. No. Like, uh, bury that guy more. The worst interview I've ever conducted in my entire existence. Yeah. That guy's like, Fuck that just, guy. he's like Justin Bieber, but worse. He is just, he is, he is gross. He's yeah. gross. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he, 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 through his, his power and influence, you know, for, through his dad's power and influence, he was able to carve a career where he started to treat people like shit and treat them like he's, he's cooler than them and that he's the yeah. cool kid at the head of the table. So, um, for him to, to have uh, a steep downfall is kind of fitting. Mm-hmm. I think the version that he was threatening to make, I don't want to go too much into this because it's not probably not going to happen, but. I did find it interesting that in his version, it was Alex, the girl who gets bitten by the werewolf. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That was going to be his big take. Was on. it a remake or a spiritual sequel? Like, was he going to have it set in the in the seventies and everything? Like, was he like how far was he going back with this? I like his. He said that it was going to run alongside the original script, whatever that means. Hmm. So, in a way, it's like. It's, it's not remaking. It's just something, but it's a it's a remake. Like yeah, tip for tip. The legacy sequels are better. Uh, yeah, I I still find them funny because I'm like, you're basically remaking this movie. I e yeah the thing from 2014 or whatever that one came out. But yeah, which I didn't hate. If I were being completely honest about, it, I didn't hate that movie. I I, I did, but I I respect. <laughs> I respect different opinions but yeah no that was one movie i just like i watched it came out i'm like that was a that was a waste of my night back when i really regularly paid for movies now it's Mm -hmm. kind of nice i can go watch movies and if they're bad i'm like (laughs) well that was just a waste of time and not much else (laughs) okay uh but what is american werewolf in london even about i mean it's in the title but you know, the official synopsis is two american college students go on a walking tour of britain and are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exist. And... I I love that it opens with Jack and and David just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene. They were so like it was so obvious they were like really good friends and just bantering mm-hmm. with each other. And it was yeah. very wholesome, even though you knew kind of one of them was going to get fucked over, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there there is an element of this film that's about a great friendship between these mm-hmm. two and. And then that, that, of course, that bond goes beyond existence and everything. I also really love the fact that all of the werewolves' victims stick with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that they're they're in, indelibly attached to them until they're destroyed. Yeah. I, that that would like as a werewolf coming back to being human like after a while i feel like that would drive you to kill yourself just having all of your previous victims there it Mm -hmm. adds a great conscience to it that i don't think that that i don't before and since don't think was played as much Mm. and and it adds obviously i think it's it's landis adding a new element to an old lore because that doesn't exist in any other werewolf story that that your victims stick with you. But I think it, because there is something guilty and, and amnesiatic about the werewolf thing, mm-hmm. you know, about you transform and then you just wake up naked in some field or wherever the fuck. Right. Yeah. And I think it just adds a new element uh, of anxiety and guilt to it. And I, I really, I really dig that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it allowed Jack to come back and be his friend, too, for a little bit, which I think was, without that, I think this movie would have been a little bit more boring. (laughs) Mm. I always wonder, when, like, watching this movie, how this movie would have played out if the kill was reversed, and it was David Naughton that died, and Griffin Mm -hmm. Dunn that survives. I think that would actually be a really interesting movie. Not because either actor is better or worse than the other, but I do wonder sometimes, like, would Griffin Dunn be more interesting to follow? Would his sort of conflict be a little bit... Like, it almost seems like um, David Naughton is... His character is a lot more selfish in a way. Like, as he goes throughout this, like, he kind of knows what's going on, especially earlier in the movie. Later on, it kind of dawns on him, but, like, earlier on, he's like, yeah... Like this shit's going down and I'm just having a fun time banging this girl and having a good time. But like, I feel like Griffin Dunn would be like the more logical one and just be like going back to the hospital, like lock me up. Like I legitimately should not be well, out of there. I, well, I, I think the thing is, and I think the, and the differences between David and Jack is the fact that uh, David's very, like Jack's sardonic. He's got definitely a, a personality to him and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, He's, the funnier one, I would say, between the two of them for sure. Yeah. And uh, David's more like milk toast. Like he's yeah. he's so he's so plain. He's naive. Um, he's definitely never been the cool kid in any kind of situation. But then when he gets infused with a little bit of power, like he starts to feel better. Uh, I mean, Alex is a, very drawn to him very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, he get, you know, he gets the beautiful girl, like all this kind of stuff, like like everything is kind of working out in his favor. He's just, you know, he is definitely go- undergoing some changes and having some real, really, really fucked up dreams. Yep. I mean, working out in his favor, other than his friend got killed. That's yep. the the funny thing of this is his friend is dead, and he's just like, but he's having the time nurse? of his life. Yeah, hot yeah, nurse? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's arguably having like uh, like the better time of his life in some regards. Yeah. And like if if you were attacked in another country by an animal or even another person, like I I feel like if some, my family member that happened to them, I would be on the first plane out to see them and be like, yeah. "Yo, are you okay? You almost died. Your friend died." Like yeah. And and it's just like nobody else seems to really care that it happened <laughs> no it really yeah. plays into the tourist thing as, yeah. as much as it can uh even and i think it's honestly david's best uh, Naughton's best performance in the film is when he's in the phone booth 
Yeah. Mm. And he makes mm-hmm. that call mm-hmm. right before he's going to try to kill himself for the first, right? Oh, yeah. I, that was it, it's such a well put together scene. And I honestly, because I, I mean, I, I feel largely in these circles that David Naughton kind of becomes a joke that he's not he's not as good as the rest of them. And that it is true to a degree. But that scene is really well done. Yeah. And it's it's his performance that I think drives how good that scene is. It is just interesting that like he he's he is like doing a pretty good job, but like he just comes across as yeah, very milk toast, very plain, very like just yeah, like. But it, that's the point, though. I think. Yeah, yeah, but it's just interesting because I do even rewatching this, I was like, and what if like he dies and we just get like Griffin done for an entire movie? I'd be down for that too. Um, yeah. Maybe that's what we did though. It's called After Hours. Oh, I love After Hours. It's so like, freaking good. So good. Um, when was the first time we all watched this movie? I honestly don't remember. I think I was. I, I know I was young, and I know it was because I watched this movie called. Uh, I'm not this movie. Uh, this show called Movie Magic. Mm. That so I saw the transformation and how they did the transformation before I actually saw the movie and saw the scene. Okay. Um, but I do remember when I first, I, I had to be, it's probably before 10 okay. that I saw it. So I might've been eight or nine. Um, definitely did not get the theater scene at all. And the theater scene plays so hysterically now. Yeah. Like how awkward of a, of an adult film it is. Like that guy walking in is like, Hey, I told you not to do this. And he's like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know you. And then she's like, I don't know you either. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And he just <laughs> fucking leaves. It's amazing. Her answering the phone call. Like, there's so much hilarious shit in that scene. It's so fucking ridiculous. But obviously, I didn't get it when mm-hmm. I first saw it. And I know for a fact that the um, the double up uh, the double up dream sequence, like the one where he's like the vampire in bed, that scared me. Mm. I do remember that scaring me, and the fucking Nazi monsters scared yeah. the shit out of me too. Love it. Just love For a it. second, when that scene started, I was like, "Wait, is this the direction <laughs> that the movie is going?" <laughs> it's like, so misleading. A, yeah, just like a split second of I didn't think this is what this movie was about, but I'm here for it. I'll go yeah, along right? with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Gosh, first time I watched this movie. It, I was probably like, I was definitely at like university. I remember we went to the Rio, I was playing there, and I'd never seen the movie. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. And I walked out, I'm like, this movie sucks. Oh, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Maybe I was just like not in a good mood that day. But then, um, a friend of mine got like really incest, but he was like, this movie fucking rules. And like, why the fuck? do you not like this movie? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't even tell you why. Like, And then for Christmas, he got me um, a Blu-ray for it. And uh, I just was like rewatching it, rewatching it, rewatching it. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm actually now seeing that this isn't a fantastic movie. I don't know. I think it was like for me, like just the tonal shifts. Like, mm-hmm. I They think are jarring. They, they are. And I think it was just distracting me or like I just wasn't on board with it. But once I started to figure out what the movie was doing, I'm like, Okay, so, you know, 20-year-old me, 19-year-old me, like, just didn't quite understand tonal shifts as much as I do now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, now I'm like, this movie's great. And my friend... It's so freaking good. Like, I I was so happy to revisit it. 
because it just it is so fucking satisfying mm-hmm. as far, like again as far as just like loving movies mm-hmm. and watching a film by a guy that loves movies it was like and and i i, I had a low bar set for it uh, and i don't know why i think it's just because i don't like musicals but it was like when i watched west side story recently spielberg's mm. version i'm like holy fuck spielberg is just the greatest like he just he understands what cinema is supposed to look like at every fucking given moment mm. and even though i don't like musicals and i don't like it when people just break into song and stuff west side story had me in the palm of, of its hand and i can't even explain it mm-hmm. like from the moment it starts in a crazy crane shot, I was like, oh, my God, we are watching cinema. And I feel yeah. the same about American Werewolf in London. It is just from the get-go, from those the, those fields of London and everything. I mean, the, the werewolf attack scene, just like the fog and everything. Oh, it's so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, I feel like, okay, nobody get mad at me, but I, I did watch this movie for the podcast this week okay. i it was on my it's one of those things that's always been on my list i feel like i say that like every second episode or something oh this movie's <laughs> on my list i finally got around to watching it um and it's another one of the movies that i feel like i did myself a disservice by waiting so long to watch this because i really enjoyed this movie honestly mm. probably well i mean nothing will ever top ginger snaps for me in, in terms of werewolf movies because that was my like being a teenager oh, sure. and, and loving horror, but uh, American Werewolf in London is like a top contender up there with that movie. So this is probably one of the better, if not slightly just below best werewolf movies that I've seen. It's a generational thing too. Like there are people that for them, like they just grew up with ginger snaps and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's hard to deny like nostalgia in a case like that, because like if you grew up watching that movie a lot, like, you know, it, it's different for everyone. Like, there's people who obviously grew up watching this movie or watching, I don't know what, like, modern werewolf mo- movies there are nowadays. Maybe the one with uh, Guillermo, not Guillermo del Toro, Benicio del Toro. Mm, uh, yeah, the Wolfman, yeah. I don't know if anyone's really nostalgic for that, but maybe. I liked, uh, I I just bought it recently for really cheap. I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I did, I, yeah. I didn't mind that movie. I'm just making the joke. I, I don't know who's going to be, like, in 10, 20 no. years, like, that's my <laughs> werewolf movie. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And but, yeah. Yeah. Um cool. And uh yeah. Well, that's the first time we watched this movie. And I mean, I've rewatched this movie so many times now, like I I've lost count really. It's been <laughs> Oh yeah. This is definitely a movie that's going on my rewatch list. Yeah. Uh got a few emails. Tucker says it's not one of the best horror movies for me. It is the best. Well, that is. I would. I could accept that. You know, yeah. it, it's one of those acceptable things, especially like what it means to the genre, what it means to to the to the comp the subgenre mm-hmm. of horror comedies. Like it is, it is a tentpole fo- film in that subgenre. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yes, I definitely think that's one of the reasons that I hold this one in such high regard, too, is because I'm definitely a sucker for horror comedies. Uh, That scene where he's naked in the zoo and he runs past the bench and grabs that lady's coat is just (laughs) so quick, and I burst out laughing. It was so funny. Uh, Yeah, I love that shit. (laughs) On the the subway, when he's, like, goofing around trying to make her laugh and stuff in the middle of all those London punks, it's it's so screwball. I, I love it. It's... 
it's charming. The movie yeah. is so fucking charming. Yeah. On on all the all levels. So when the horror hits, it hits. Like mm-hmm. it has resonance. So yeah, I also yeah, too I, like when he gets gunned down at the end and she's just walking away, like mm-hmm. you really do feel that like even though they had like a very short time together, that was very powerful for her. So And I like that they go right to credits from there. Yeah. Um like it, it, yeah, it 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 leaves you with a finality. Like, there's no more. There's nothing more to be told. Like his, I think you know as soon as as soon as Jack tells him he has to kill himself that this is, you know, David. Ha- David is the sands are running out of David's hourglass. Mm-hmm. Like he's on borrowed time now. Yeah, and and so I don't think it, it it is a downer ending in the fact that your main character dies. But I think as an audience, we're already prepared for that yeah plus the music that plays over the credits is quite happy so if you're yeah, feeling so, sad uh, then yeah. that will just uplift you right at the oh, end so great <laughs> so great landis just knows what the fuck he's doing in this movie and i love it <laughs> yeah no 100 percent. okay uh keith says my aunt rented this movie for me blockbuster had it under comedy for some reason but upon watching it it got me into horror i became obsessed and now work at a vfx company that does a lot nice. of horror movies so yeah this movie means a lot to me and i'm happy to see it get some love oh my god cool. just the like uh, like now i knowing how it was all shot and everything and especially even going into it mm-hmm. um with the first time when i was little like it made that scene less scary for me right um because because i knew uh that Naughton is you know they're just holding up because because his his elbow is below the frame for with the hand scene mm-hmm. so like i i know how they did that and i know that not is built into the floor for the uh, stretching out the torso and all that kind of stuff but um I mean, man, if you, when you saw that in theaters originally when it came out, those people that got those audiences that got to see it, I must have blown their fucking minds because Rick Baker is going all out in that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine how fun it would be to design and like enact the fucking special effects for that scene? Like that would have been so cool just to oh. like think about it and then see it come to life. And it was so well done. And like, yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just jealous at how much fun it probably is to be a VFX artist. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like Todd Masters and all those guys, Greg Nicotero. Mm-hmm. Um, they just must so much fun all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Final email from George says, I have a film opinion that John Landis has made more truly enjoyable, rewatchable films than Martin Scorsese. Uh, I would disagree, but... Um, they're both they're both directors that mean a lot to me mm-hmm. in in their oeuvre. Um, I would say that Landis has probably has way more bad films than Scorsese. Yes, I mean I... Beverly Hills Cop Three, The Stupids. Uh, do I go on? <laughs> I mean Beverly Hills Cop Three, definitely a forgettable, Ter- terrible film. Um. I love the Beverly Hills Cops movie. So now that you've brought that up, it's just brought pain and misery to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I was unexpected for this episode. Uh, maybe we can talk about that as a horror movie. Beverly Hills Cops. <laughs> I'd be down. Yeah. Vampire in Brooklyn. There you go. That's um, Craven and Eddie Murphy. Ooh. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think Martin Scorsese just makes movies that work across multiple genres. Like, John Landis, for as good as he is, like, he never really made a great drama or a great sci-fi film. Like, he mostly stuck with comedy and horror, which is fine, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. like, I don't think he has the wide reach that Scorsese does. And he doesn't have a shit kid, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He has a good. He has a good kid. I yeah. like her a lot. Yeah. So, I like as much as it may. Like I like John Landis. Like he's, I mean, he's just kind of he played in his wheelhouses and he was fine with that. But he never really got out of that. I think that's what kept him back for quite a long time. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh best line from this movie does everyone have a favorite line oh boy oh let there's me look so many good lines list. in this one yeah, yeah. what oh, what is what is uh i will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf was good yeah the the uh, some of my favorite lines are in the scene where a scotland yard comes to the hospital and the secretary is like oh i forget what she says is on the phone he's like tell him i'm dead Oh, Tell yeah. him I just died. Yeah, I I fucking love that scene. And then it happened. Then, then the Scotland Yard cop knocks all those trays off, and he's trying to put them together. It's it's a hysterical scene. It's oh, so yeah. funny. It was so, so awkward. An absolutely throwaway scene. Like, there's no reason that that scene needs to be that memorable, but it fucking is. <laughs> and oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love too. Later on, the the older cop walks out and closes the door, and then the younger cop tries to walk through, and the door is closed, and he's like, "Oh!" And then he like opens the door, and that's another like just so unnecessary. But he's just like a bumbling kind of guy, and it, it was just so funny. Yeah. Um, I wrote down when the one guy that got killed, he goes, "Whereas I am the victim of your carnivorous lunar activities." I like. That. Yeah. Mm. I, I also well spoken that guy is. Yeah. Uh, I liked too in the beginning in the pub when one of the I don't know if that guy has ever named the the chess playing guy. He tells the Alamo joke and all of the pub laughs and that you, it seems like a, oh okay kind of breaking the tension maybe things are going to be okay and then Jack just shouts out hey what's that pentacle on the wall or whatever he says. Yeah. Also I have a real issue every time he says pentacle he says pentacle and I just can't I can't it's I I don't know where he gets that pronunciation from. <laughs> Yeah, it's just they're going for it. Committing to yeah. it. Um, also, too, this movie led to Michael Jackson's thriller, and I know Michael Jackson's a problematic person, but still, interesting to think that without this, you wouldn't get thriller. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Just thought I'd throw that out there, because I was like, I was actually doing a little bit of research, and I totally forgot about that, but they borrowed some people from this movie, like the special effects and all that, to work on Thriller, from what I mm -hmm. ascertained. So That's kind of cool. Yeah. Still, it's like, oh, Michael. That documentary just did not do you any good. I mean, there was a lot mm -hmm. of things that didn't do you any good, but that documentary really sealed the deal for me and I think a lot of other people. Um, yeah. Best performance in this movie. Griffin. Yeah. I really I mean, like Griffin. I mean, again, David Naughton—he's intentionally not the most interesting person. I think that's no. why what makes him so interesting. Like, is you're left with 
the number two. You're left with the person who's not the most interesting person, and that's what makes it interesting. But it doesn't make him a good actor. It's just no. Really, <laughs> like, it, he seems like the kind of guy that probably didn't rehearse his lines that much. I don't know if he did or didn't, but he just comes across like the guy that just kind of was like, okay, got it. Uh, I liked the doctor too. He was, he was, uh, I liked that his character too took it upon himself to actually do a little investigating and like get to the bottom of shit. And I know that that normally there's one character who does that in the movies like this, especially in werewolf movies. There's always one Mm -hmm. side character that kind of figures out that it's a werewolf before anyone else does. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, I like that scene. The scene where he goes back to the when he goes to the slaughtered lamb is is a really really great scene and I love that barkeep she's so great. Yeah, I want to be her friend. <laughs> yeah, I really loved her performance in that one. And then uh, um, the the kind of lead of of the 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 patrons there he would he was he would go on to be a villain in uh, the pirates pirates of the Caribbean. That's where I immediately I, he had a long career obviously but I remember him from uh, pirates. He was the second in command of the, of the, um, of Tom Hollander's character, I believe. Okay. I would also give best performance to, uh, yeah, both the soundtrack and the VFX in this movie, even though those aren't actors or people. Hey, <laughs> I'll allow it. It's, it's, yeah. You can't argue against that. Um, okay. Uh, best kill. I really love the, um, I guess the police chief or whatever that shows up to the theater and gets his head bitten off and it goes flying across the, uh, <laughs> goes flying across the the hood of the car like that whole like the beginning, like that's the beginning to the just the insane carnage to have is people going through windshields like it's fucking crazy, yeah. but I I mean that got that one kind of starts it all and and the gore in the in the movie theater where that guy is just like. He's just like a pile of guts. Yeah. That was great. I, honestly, I really liked like the first kill too, where Jack dies. Like yeah. the, there's, it's kind of, well, I mean, you know what's happening. It doesn't come out of nowhere, but he gets mm-hmm. like smashed to the ground and then ripped apart. And like, they show him on the ground, completely ripped apart at some point too. And you're like, Whoa, he's okay. He's super dead. Like yeah. there's blood everywhere. Like the effects for that were really well done. Um, and it, could have looked super hokey and instead it looked like really good and actually scary (laughs) yeah i went with that one too what i like too is how it happens and like a fucking coward he runs away and then he's like you know what then he goes jack yeah and then he goes and helps (laughs) him out but like the reality is is like i love that like that again speaks to David Don's character that he's not a fucking great person. He's actually far from the, the best. He did. He r- runs away and he only goes back when he's like, ah, oh, I don't want to be a fucking shitty person. But mm-hmm. like, by no means did he like try to grab a rock and hit the thing or anything like that. Um, so I just thought like, I find it interesting that he turns around and goes back and then you see the aftermath and it kind of dawns on him like, Oh, I should have done more. Mm-hmm. So, but it's too late. Yep. A little too but don't late. worry. There's going to be a hot nurse at the hospital, so yeah. you'll forget all about it. Maybe oh, it was worth Jenny running away a little bit, just so you could see Jenny Gutter later in the movie. <laughs> you know that the guy that shot this movie, um, his name was uh, Robert Painter. Mm. The next movie he did after it was Curtains. Oh, interesting. Which we've already covered on this podcast. 
with the great figure skating kill scene. Mm. That's like the best part of that movie. And it's then- so good. <laughs> it's so well shot. It's actually genuinely creepy. Yes. Yeah. And that everything else about that movie could be not less. good. No. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Dumbest decision. I mean, there's probably a good amount in this. I mean, ignoring the warning. Yeah, not staying yeah. on the road. Yeah. I mean, they even say it, you know, full moon, stay on the road. Whoops. Yeah. I think like, that so that's pretty, of... pretty simple. Yeah. That one kind of has to win by default, right? Because it's like, yeah, of course. Like, it was very clearly spelled out to them. You should not do this. And they did it. I mean, honestly, even if there weren't werewolves around, wouldn't you probably not want to get lost in the British countryside? In a, yeah, in a, yeah, exactly. In a foreign country where you're, you ha- you don't know anything about it, why wouldn't you listen to the locals? Yeah, like you could just get attacked by a regular wolf or something like that. Like that yeah. would also happen potentially and would be yeah. a bad time. Just keep it simple. Come on. Also, like, I get it that they were like, we gotta leave this slaughtered lamb, but I'm like, eh, is it really that bad? Like, I've, I've been to worse bars. <laughs> I, Just I, don't ask him too many intrusive questions. I put down leaving the slaughtered lamb because I'm like, that, like, just why? Like, the place didn't seem that bad. I mean, yeah, they were like being a little weird, but it wasn't like too bad, but. They were getting a low hostile, so I can understand. Yeah. Plus, they're American, so they probably were like, uh-oh, this isn't going to look good on us. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's time to score this. 10 out of 10. I yeah, baby. That's, yeah, 10 out of 10. This is, like, yeah, like you said, this is... When you're talking about the greatest horror movies of all time... Yeah. This is top 10, top 5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easily. So, I mean, how can you score that less? It's perfection. I mean, I might score it slightly less out of 9. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for, 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 like, yeah. For me, that, like, this has been, like, always part of my horror brain since mm-hmm. I knew what horror was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't score it any less than that. Oh, yeah. It's... it's I... it, I revere it. It's a masterpiece. I can't blame you guys for scoring it at a 10, definitely. Um, for some reason, 9 just feels slightly more right for me. Maybe it's just because um, I get a little exhausted by the romance subplots where the characters fall in love in like 30 seconds. And then mm-hmm. they're like, I, for some reason, that was just like, okay, do you really love her? Okay, I guess I'll believe you. Um but other yeah, other than that, this was this was a great movie. I loved this movie. It was I I would I could easily say right now that this is one of the greatest werewolf movies of all time. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's just such a fun movie that like I don't know. There's I I think most people know that like I tend to skew a little bit more towards horror comedy because that's just one of my favorite subgenres. But like mm-hmm. this is this is the best one. Like I mean. There are others like Evil Dead 2 and other ones that are really good too, which, by the way, I was on logging out of the letterbox. I saw Scott Wilson gave Evil Dead 2 3 out of 5. Like, what the fuck, Scott? What the fuck? 
Um, but yeah, like when you're talking horror comedies, like this is one of the best, if not the best, mm-hmm. uh, in that subgenre. So mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steevil Dead. Uh, you can also find my website, stevestebbing.ca. And I am on The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time across Canada. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitch with the username Techronomicon. I'm trying to be better at uploading scores for movies I watch on Letterboxd. My username is Circeanic, and I have a blog where I... Oh, I've haven't updated in a long time, but I will post stuff there eventually when I'm actually doing stuff. It's circeanic.home.blog. Nice. Yeah, I'm over at Dream Grenades where almost every day we've got stuff going up. Uh, currently, you can catch my reviews of such hotly anticipated movies like Morbius or Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, <laughs> one of those movies is great, one of those is terrible. You gotta listen to find out. Um... Yeah, and uh, with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.